Praise God. And you believe it's already the end of the 2017, and we're we're uh, looking at 2018. And I remember, you know, we, and you do too. When the 2000 Y2K thing was a scare, and it was such a, you know, this this could be it. You know, you remember that? And uh, how many how many packed some things away during then? <laughs> we did. You know, we were just well, what if? You know, so. It, the Lord is able uh, and is, is always to, he has a future in, in, in our hands. He has our future. He has our, our interests. He, he, he has your life, a plan for you. And so uh, the other day I was with our board and, and, our, and Joe and, uh, and Cal and Phil and, and uh, we were meeting and I asked them the question, what should, our, what should the ministry look like at Cross Lake Christian. And I don't know if we really, I, you know, expect them to have any specific answer, but I wanted them to think and process and perhaps, you know, maybe this is a good question. What, what should our church, what should the ministry, and I think I drew from some scriptures that had to do with um, reconciliation, um, uh, using the scripture from 2 Corinthians 5, I believe, it, or or the fourth chapter, and and it had to do with uh, the God of this world has blinded so many people. Small G O D, the God of this world is Satan, and we as a church, wherever there's a need, we you know what what is ministry? It's it's touching someone where they have a need, and people are in so much need, and yet. Uh, Without Jesus, of course, their greatest need is Christ. But there are ways to touch people that are uh, not presenting the gospel at first, but just presenting love deeds and actions and, and, and ways that you can make a statement. And so uh, we even talked a bit about greeting people at the door. And uh, some of you are so good at that and, and, and are doing that. And, and just connecting with people. What is their first impressions when they come? And so, powerful stuff. Um, and then we're, we're, we're kicking around the, uh, we actually borrowed this from a couple other churches, this, our mission statement. We're kicking it around. And what, what, what can help us narrow down or define who, who we are, what we're all about? And we've been borrowing from a, a couple of churches that use the, 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 the phrase love God, love people, and love life. And that kind of seems to make sense to me. Simplifying, loving God. If we will love God, then we ought to love people because God loves people, right? You, you can't have one without, without the other. And so today, I'm going to try to just, in a bit, in a way, just to try to communicate uh, a little bit more about it. But first, first point, love God. What, what does that look like? The scripture says, and we'll take from Luke's gospel, chapter 10, and Jesus was speaking, and he at verse 25 of Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, it said, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and put him the test, saying, Teacher, 
what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, meaning Jesus, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. They could not stump Jesus. After all, he is the word. <laughs> they had no idea at this particular point who they were, what they were up against. Jesus came in the flesh, was the word, was with God, and was God. And so, bottom line into ministry, what does God ask of us? What does God want of us? What God's desire is for all men and women and young, young men and women, boys and girls, is to know his love and to respond, admitting we need him and wanting him. Learning to walk with him because we want to, not because, well, this is what we have to do. Right? This is what we get to do. This is truly a privilege. In order to love God as we ought to, we have to have that honest heart. We have to be willing to admit that we are, we are struggling. And it's okay casting all your cares upon him, confessing your sin, 1 John 1, 9. He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Jesus himself uh, calls us to walk in that in that in that road that he called a narrow road. And which really comes down to there's not as many people on the narrow road as there are on the wide road. And it's easy to get sucked into the wide road and to begin to slip and slide and let things come into your life if we're to catch our, our, keep our guard for Jesus. Our heart for God needs to be genuine which means the Lord knows your heart. I spoke a little bit about that last week. The Lord knows your heart. Aren't you glad? In some ways, we, have, we cannot even try to hide with it. It doesn't work anyway. The best thing to do is to, to run to Jesus. If we feel we have failed, then we run to Jesus. In the early days of uh, Adam, you know the story. They were tempted. They ate of, of the forbidden fruit. They, they felt ashamed. They, their eyes were open. They ran. They hid themselves. They found fig leaves, something to cover themselves. But God came walking in the garden and calling for their name. Now, God already knew. But I think God was trying to get Adam to admit what he had done. Of course, what did Adam do? He said, this is the, the woman you, you, you gave. It's, see, how, see how man, see how humanity works? We are, we are quick to make excuses. It's hard for a man to admit he made a mistake. God is looking for an open and honest heart. He's not looking. He's not, he, he, does not, he knows that you cannot be perfect. 
But if he sees a tender heart, what's the difference? One who is broken when, they're, when they know they have failed. They're broken. And they come to Jesus. It can be repaired. It can be made new again. And again. And again. And again. We are walking with a God who wants to know us. He wants us to know him. He, know, we, he knows we cannot reach the standard of his holiness. Therefore, through Jesus Christ, we are only made holy. That because of what Jesus has done for us, we can enter into his throne room of grace, not in our own goodness. And so when, you're don't, when you don't even feel like you're worthy of anything, Maybe you've had a moment. That's what God is saying. You know what? Come anyway. Invite those. Invite those who have nothing. Invite the poor. He he was explaining to his disciples. uh, Compel them to come in. Go out into the highways and byways. It's the people who who are the shutouts, the, the misfits of life. Those are the very people that God is wanting. And so I, I take from this passage to lead us into this, these three points, loving God, loving people, loving life. I, I draw from Luke's Gospel 10, and, and it has to do with that parable that Jesus talks about here, um, about the good Samaritan. And you have to understand something about Samaritans. They were looked down upon by the Jewish nationality. They were considered outcasts. They were considered, you don't talk to them. You don't associate with them. You're, they're shunned. They're, they're, they're no good. They're, they're, not a, they're not anything. And so Jesus uses this story, I think, to prove a point. And we read at verse 20, when he said to them, you have correct, answered correctly, do this and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, just said, a certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers and they stripped him and beat him and went off leaving him half dead. By chance, a certain priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. This is a religious man. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. This is another religious person. He knows the law. He talks to God. But a certain Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. Notice the difference. He felt compassion. If I claim to say I love God, then I ought to have compassion. I will guarantee this. When you draw close to God, you will love people like you can never love them otherwise. You will have compassion on people like you would never have on them otherwise. How do you know this? Well, the Bible actually explains 
a bit of the scenario in 1 John, and you don't have to turn there, but it's talked a little bit. How can you say you love God and you hold out from your brother who has a need and you could do something about it? Or how can you say you love God and you hate your brother? It doesn't add up, does it? And so what the world needs today is to see a person who loves God and they love God. They show the love that God has in their heart. It's genuine. It's, it overflows. It goes beyond the, the average or the norm. When so much of the world says you have your rights and you have all the, you ought to have this and that. And God is simply saying, I came so that people can have life. In fact, he talks about it in Luke's gospel, and I remember Joe shared from a passage in Luke and Belize, and you talked about how that as much as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. You, you talked about that you were in jail, you visited me, you, uh, I was sick, you, you, you helped me. And so that's another, another story. What will people remember about you and I? Or what will people remember about the church? What should the people, what should people, what should the community, what do you want your reputation to be? There's a person who's genuine. And we know we can call that church, they pray. They know how to pray. We can call that person because they, we know they will they will come through. That's the reputation that a, a person who walks with God. We're not out to make a name for ourselves. We're just simply out to help people find the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. What an opportunity we live in in a day that we, when we have so much, when there's so much stuff, yet there's so much need for the real problem that lies here in the heart that many people are distant from the love of God many people are hurt sometimes even by professing Christians who maybe have hurt them in various ways it's not right it can create bitterness it can cre create resentment toward the church but a real a real believer and one who walks with God and one who takes their heart to the Lord, one who is often in the presence of the Lord, you begin to carry a different attitude. You begin to carry that caring attitude, that compassion that you don't get otherwise. If you only went by the world's standards, you wouldn't care about anybody. You only care about yourself. That's the world's basically do whatever is good for you. But loving people can come in various ways. We see as this good Samaritan takes the op opportunity, does not care about what other people think, does not care about what other people uh, will think about him. He just sees the need. And he even goes beyond uh, and pays for the bill 
for his care. He doesn't ask anything in return. He doesn't say, well, oh, by the way, here's my address. Send me, send me the, you know, make it up to me. He doesn't say any of that. But Jesus asked this question, of which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And so you and I would obviously say it was the good Samaritan. It makes sense because the one guy walked and didn't want to get involved. The other guy, the same thing. Finally, a person who you would not expect. Who you would not expect. Reached into his pocket, gave of himself, took the time to bring him to a place to be cared for, and gave from his heart to the Lord. People will remember those kinds of things. People will remember when maybe there was a need and someone brought them some food or brought them some way to help them in their life. What a way to make a statement that there is a God. You see, James says it this way. If you love, uh, love me, he's talking about being doers of his word. Doers, not merely hearers. What will, what will change a person's life is when, if you were uh, in need and someone came to you and said, here, you will remember that I'm sure, for the rest of your life. It will make such an impact. It will make such a difference. Or this is simple things like allowing someone else to go ahead of you, right? How many like to be let in on a line that you're waiting and waiting and waiting and someone so kind in traffic, this is one of that really gets me. Someone let me in. You know, you just want to, thanks. Right? There's so many ways to show love. Right, Anna? Right? Letting your sister wear your clothes. Letting sisters share. Now I'm getting really down close to home. If you see your brother in need. Now, that doesn't mean that we can do everything all the time. I believe God orchestrated this very story. So that there would be a blessing. Which person was blessed more, do you think? Think about that. People who have learned to respond and give are often the happiest people around. They've learned how to respond and be a part of the solution. Helping people. So if our church is to live up the loving God and loving people. Who is your neighbor? We've had a neighbor that 
<laughs> I guess has struggled. This neighbor has struggled with addiction. This, this neighbor has not always been nice to us. But I think Terry and I have decided we're going to be nice back anyway. And just in a few recent months, um, this person has brought us gifts and given us things. I'm believing that this person will see and sense God. That something in their life would begin to be touched because there's a person or a neighbor if they're really down, they would probably call us. Can we build in our community a reputation as a church that we are here, we are, we are genuine, we, we're not perfect, but we're here to lead people and pray through and to love on people in spite or to help them get to the next level with God? Would, it, would you like to just dream a bit? Just what would it look, what would it look like if total strangers happen to come and there would be people? And I, I see this happen, and this does happen. And they're shaking, they're reaching out. There's, there's conversation. There's sensitivity. Sometimes you, you, sometimes you don't need to say as much. Some people just kind of want to come in and sit down, and that's it. We have to be sensitive to that. But to love people beyond the world. The love of the world is so, what is it, flaky, shallow, um, materialistic. But God's love moves with compassion, a brokenness of Jesus himself being broken over his own people. Remember when he came to the city and he's looking out, he, he said he wept because they were a people without a shepherd. And if we're going to be the people of God in the, in the earth, in, in our world, we've got to have the heart of God first. And when we have the heart of God, we can have his compassion and we can go in a strength that is not our own. All of a sudden, life began to take on real purpose. That no longer you're just going to your job for a work, for a paycheck. You're not just going there, you know, to just to earn a living. But all of a sudden, your job or your community, the places where you go, becomes your place of this is where I'm going to shine. This is where God has planted me. This is where I'm going to grow. Therefore, we can be like as Philippians talks about rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. All of a sudden, people begin to recognize you as who you are. Now, Omer came, my brother, here today. and I, Because he's here, I can pick on you, right? And it's a good thing. I don't know how many times my brother over has worked with handicapped people for many years in the Brainerd area community. And I don't know how many times, even in this community, are you related to Omar? Oh 
Yeah. There was a person up here. Well, he is one of the greatest guys. He was always have something good. Well, I know, I know it's, he is a good guy, but it's God in him that makes him good. It's the God in him that flows through him and that has the gifts to be able to help people, being able to work with people that are that are, have special needs. It's a gift from God. He has a patience level that I don't think is, is, is way off the charts. His patience level is way above average. He, I just see this and I brag on him because it is, it is a gift to our community and to the church. You see, all of us have something. All of us have something that we're good at. When we lose sight of why, what, what it is, really the main purpose uh, that we, are, we exist is to walk with God, is to walk in his presence, is to walk knowing that it is through his, his grace and his love that we can even do anything. Love life. Why do some people always seem to be so up? You know, those kind of people. Do they ever have a moment? Everyone has a moment. Okay. Well, they learn how to shift that moment onto the Lord. You know what? The moment we receive Christ, we are saved, we're ready for heaven. But there's a whole lifetime of processing out working on our edges, on the rough edges. And Paul said in Philippians 4, it is God who is at work in you both the will to work for his good pleasure, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may prove yourself to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as light in the world. There's a, there's a verse that we can just, wow, that says so much because it's what it's saying is my attitude reflects what's going on here. My attitude reflects the person who is in charge, God himself. If we are going to be children of God, then let's be the light that he's called. Let's be the children of God. Let's, let's, let's go beyond. Let's go the second mile. Let's walk the talk, someone says. Walk the talk. It's simple day by day. It starts right at home. It starts with your loved ones. It starts with the people that you love the most. And just go from there. Be the people. Love God. Love your neighbor. Love life. It's worth it. It will pay off.